Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. We are in a series that we've been in for the last number of weeks, series that we have entitled this, More Than Able. More Than Able. And we have just, over the last number of weeks, just been stirring our faith up and reminding ourselves that we serve a God who is more than able. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He says, now to him who is Able. Can I just say to you this morning, whatever you walked in here with, whatever financial need you walked in here with, whatever sickness might be in your body, whatever thing might be, be, be gripping you in, in your, your thinking, uh, whatever relational dysfunction, whatever circumstance, whatever you walked in here with, can I just remind you, we serve a God who is able. And Paul says he's not just able, but he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask and think according to the power of God that is at work in in us. In other words, wherever you are today, I got good news for you. You're not stuck. Wherever you are today, I got good news. It's not over. Wherever you are today, this is not the end. If there is breath in your lungs, God still has more in front of you. It's not over. Why? Because we serve a God who is more than able. And we've just been stirring our faith back up, reminding ourselves that we actually do serve a God who is a miracle-working, wonder-working, all-powerful God who has no limits. Luke 137 says that with God, key phrase, with God, all things are possible. That, that, that with God, nothing will be impossible. Mark 9.23 says, now to him who believes, all things are possible. But, but we've been talking about how although we serve this miracle-working, wonder-working, all-powerful God, that so often in our lives we settle for so much less than. Uh, we believe it right here intellectually. Oh, yeah, I I believe that, Pastor. I could pass the multiple choice test. God, he is able. God can do miracles. He is the same yesterday and forever. Yet in our own life, we we, we don't really believe it to the point of action. We, we, We get the bill in the mail. We get the doctor's report. Life is just challenging, and something in us just starts shrinking and sinking back and feeling hope begin to evaporate because while we know it here, in our heart, we don't believe, no, God is able for me. And so while we can come into church and sing songs and worship and God's a miracle working God, we live lives that are so void of the power of God. We live lives that are, that, that, that are so ordinary and mundane, not that mundane is bad necessarily, but it's void of what God's promise and God wants to do. And so we've been talking about, yes, God is able, absolutely. However, we have to begin to learn and understand what is it that God has said? What is it that Jesus has taught us about his kingdom? Because Jesus is so good and God is so faithful that he's given us a book 
He's given us his word to teach us how his kingdom operates so that we can experience everything God has for us. One of my favorite scriptures, it's not in the notes, but you could write it down if you want, is Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35, Peter says this, in truth, I now perceive that God shows no partiality. Oh, in truth, I, I can see it now. God doesn't play favorites. Here's what he says. But anyone, someone say anyone. But anyone, anyone who will, who will fear God and work righteousness, he will do for them what he's done for another. In other words, anyone who will humble their heart and fear God, honor God, and will do what God tells them or understand the ways of his kingdom, he will do for them what he's done for anybody else. Oh, God shows no partiality, but we have to understand how does your kingdom work? And so we've been talking about things like faith, Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. Everything in God's kingdom comes by way of faith. We've been talking about hearing from God, how we got to get a word from God, and we have to know what has God promised me? What is God trying to do? We talked last week about this word that nobody likes. We talked about obedience, how so often the missing link, it is doing what God tells us to do, that so often it's our obedience, our doing what God tells us to do that unlocks the things that we need. And this morning, I want to talk about something that I just believe that, um, well, let me just say it this way. I think there's something on this morning. And what I mean by that is I, I just sense this, this fresh anointing this morning or, or, or the Holy Spirit in a fresh way to help us to see something we need to see for our lives. And what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the power of our words. I want to talk about the power of the words that we speak. And Ashley turns me to Ezekiel chapter 37. It's where we're going to, to go. Uh, I'm going to read today from my Bible, from the New King James Version. And I will warn you, um, it's kind of a lot of scripture. Uh, I was sitting yesterday, we were driving home from camp and um, uh, Kimberly Copley right here was riding shotgun. She was driving us home um, be, because I may or may not have sprained or broken my toe going too hard in these tribal wars and the gas pedal was not very comfortable. And um, I, was, I was going through my notes and I was reading and I thought, man, this is a lot of scripture to read. And so I'm just warning you, we're gonna read it, but it's kind of a lot. And so if you haven't read your Bible this week, we're about to get our Bible reading in right now. But Ezekiel 37 verses one through 14, here's what it says. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, prophesy, key, key word for you to pick up on today, prophesy to these bones, and another key phrase, and say to them, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied 
as I was commanded. Another key phrase, we're gonna kind of build on what we've been talking about. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Oh, so there's some obedience involved here. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I obeyed, as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. The bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and there it is again, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come forth from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I obeyed, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Verse 11 Then God said to me, son of man, these bones, this vision, this picture that I'm giving you, these bones, they are the whole house of Israel. I'm giving you a picture of my people right now. And they indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, I want you to prophesy and say to my people, Thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I'm going to put my spirit in you and you shall live and I'll place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon this morning is simply this, Words Matter. Words Matter. Uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And the church said, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody in this building has probably been uh, in a situation before where whether it's intentional or not, whether it's intentional or it's just careless, where someone has said something to you and it has deeply hurt you. Where someone has said something in passing, maybe it's just casual, but they say something and it causes a deep wound in you. It brings fear, insecurity, it, it, it causes anxiety, it causes you to start second guessing. And we're, oh, words can hurt, can they not? sometimes I think I'd rather a broken bone than a word that breaks my spirit. Words can hurt, but in the same respect, words can heal too, can't they? Because I think we've all hopefully been a part of a conversation or had it happen before where we, where, where, uh, we hear someone say something, and again, whether it's intentional or not, they say something and it builds us, it heals us. It brings strength to us. Oh, words matter. And all of us, we can listen to that little nursery rhyme and playfully go, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And on the inside, we go, yeah, right. That is so not the truth. Words can be so painful. And we all get that. And, and, and yet, if we're honest, and by the way, I am saying we, because I don't remember uh, the last time I've prepared a sermon and been so convicted in, in my own heart. So I do, I do mean we, yet we can be so careless with our words, can't we? Just so careless. Just, we, we, we just say things. You know, we live in a culture where sarcasm is king, and, and we, we make memes about everything. There may or may not be someone in our church who on the regular is making memes about our church, 
and they always involve me and they are, are absolutely hilarious. And I'm trying to convince them they need to create a secret page that no one will ever know about that, we, that can, 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 can exist. But we, I mean, we, we make memes and jokes and we're, we're sarcastic. Oh, I'll give you this too. Um, we live in a world and a culture where like, we, like a badge of honor we wear just speak in our mind. I just say it like it is, man. I just, well, I, I, I know you don't like to hear it. I know that was kind of rough. I just speak my mind. And we wear like a badge of honor that we are great at being thermometers. Just tell them the temperature. Yeah, man, it's this. It's that. That person, this thing. And, and, and we forget that God actually has not called us to be thermometers. We don't need more thermometers in life. God has called us to be thermostats, that we set the temperature of our life. We set the temperature of our world. We set the temperature of our home. We set the temperature of our relationships. We set the temperature of our heart with the words that we speak. Oh, we don't need more thermometers, friends. We, 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 we need more thermostats. People that understand the power of their words and are intentional to set the temperature of their life and their home and relationship with the, with the words they speak. If you're taking notes, you can just write this down. First thought this morning simply is this, that words really do matter. I, I know that we know words can hurt and words can heal and sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I know that we know that, that that's not true, but, but I just don't think we, we recognize and it sinks in deep enough sometimes that, that no, our words really matter. We can be so casual and so careless with our words. And, and yet here's what the scripture says, Proverbs 18, 20. It says this, that a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Pause. The scripture says, and you can cross-reference this 19 different directions, and the scripture just keeps on saying the same thing, that our life, it is filled with, or satisfied with, or, or is determined in large part by the words we speak. A man's life will be filled from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Uh, it continues on in verse 21 and says, for death and life are in the power of the tongue. For death and life are in the power of your words and those who love it or understand it those who, who, who will recognize it, they will eat its fruit or enjoy the benefits thereof from it. Jesus says this in Matthew 12, 26. He says, but I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in, in the judgment. Let, let, let that sink in for a second. Jesus said, you do know that for every idle word that men speak, they will give an account of it in the judgment day. Verse 20, uh, 37, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, for assuredly, for assuredly. I remember when I was 18 hearing a preacher say this and, and it never left me. That um, everywhere you see assuredly, uh, do not be deceived. Most assuredly, I say to you, um, it should point out to us that there's something there that, that Jesus is about to say, God's about to speak, and we're going to go, ah, I, I don't know about that. And, and he said, we know that because, like, Jesus wasn't a liar. Like, part of his, his reputation wasn't, you know, that guy's always stretching the truth. He's a little bit of an exaggerator. That's not Jesus. So why would Jesus say most assuredly? 
Why would Jesus go, hey, no, 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 seriously, you, you gotta, be, because he knows I'm gonna say something that when you hear it on the surface, you, you're gonna go, that's not. But he says, most assuredly I say to you, listen to this, whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus goes, most assuredly, I'm telling you, like, no, seriously, listen to me. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, without doubting in his heart, those things that he says, they will be done. Oh, your words, my words, our words, our words matter. And this is probably the point where someone in this room uh, goes, eh, I don't really know about that. Like that, that kind of sounds like some 2 a.m. TV preacher stuff. You know, the just name it and claim it. And you just got to say it and it'll happen. And, and, and I will say that uh, movements like the Word of Faith movement, the, the, the Prosperity Gospel movement, um, there is so much good in that. Yet there has been extremes in that. And I just think we got to realize that often what the enemy does is he takes the truth of God's word and he finds anywhere in our life where, where, where he can twist that or pervert that to get us to just discard it. And so ha have there been, is there currently probably still uh, people that are, that are preaching things? That's not actually what the scripture says. Well, you know, you just got to name it and claim it. Mercedes Benz. Ferrari, success. But, and, and what we're not saying is we're, we're not saying that we just have the ability with our words to just say things our heart desires, to just speak and pray our flesh, our lust, our greed, our ambition. No, that's not what we're saying. But we have to be careful that we don't take the extremes of maybe where this has been misrepresented or abused and, and allow it to cause us to throw away and discard what Jesus teaches. Because Jesus teaches us, hey, your words really matter, actually. Jesus teaches us from, from the scripture, and not just one place, but all throughout scripture, um, for every idle word you speak, you're gonna give an account for that. By your words, you'll be justified or you'll, you'll be condemned. Um, yeah, if whoever would, would say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea without doubt in his heart, those things, our, our words matter. And just so we're clear, what we are not saying is that, oh yeah, so we should start using our words to just like be positive about, about things. You know, writing things on the mirror. You are beautiful. You are successful. You, I, I, that's not what we're talking about. See, because what we have to realize is because our words matter, because our words hold weight and hold power, what we need to do is we need to bring our words and bring them back into alignment with the word of God. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, that our words need to be in alignment with the word of God. We, we, we won't read these scriptures, but I think we often forget that the secret sauce, if you will, of Jesus is that Jesus said, you know, I only say what I first hear the Father say. I, I can't think of the reference off the top of my head, but there's a passage where the religious leaders are challenging him. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I've got plenty to say. I got thoughts 
and opinions, and I got so many jokes right now, I would roast you. I got, I got lots to say. But I only say what I first hear the Father say. We forget scriptures like 1 John 5, 14 through 15 that goes, if anybody prays the will of God, if anybody will pray, will speak, will say the will of God, we, we know that God hears us. And if God hears us, God will answer the petition of our request. It doesn't say if anybody will pray, then we know that God will. And that doesn't say that. Because how many of you know we can pray some, some, some pretty whack things? We, we can, in a moment of desperation, pray some things that are so far from the will of God. Us, in our greed and our ambition, we can pray some things that are so distant from what God actually desires to do. It doesn't say if anybody prays. It says if anybody would pray the will of God. We, we know that, that that's when God hears our prayer and responds, when we're praying in alignment. So we're not just talking about positive speaking. No, we're saying we need to get our words because they matter in alignment with the word of God. And this is where Ezekiel 37 comes in because Ezekiel 37, I think for us, is such a great picture of everything we've been talking about. And we, we, we won't re read it word for word, but, but I do want to go from the top and just point some things out. First of all, it starts like this, that Ezekiel, he was in the, the spirit, wasn't he? And I don't know if you remember this, but the very first week of the series, here's what we said, that the starting place for seeing God move the starting place for seeing miracles is we need to be in the spirit so God can show us some things. What, what does 2 Corinthians say that your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, your, your heart hasn't comprehended the good things that God has in store. But the spirit of God has revealed them to us. We haven't been given the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things freely given to us by him. And so Ezekiel's in the spirit. He's, he's in the spirit and God takes him out to see this valley of dry bones. The Bible says God takes him. And so he sees the whole valley of bones that are dry and dead and gone. And God goes, Ezekiel, can these bones live and I love Ezekiel's response because it wasn't a sarcastic like, oh, no, I'm not God, you know. His response was recognizing, well, sir, sir, I do not have the ability to bring life to these, to these dry bones. But if you will, if you desire, if you say it, these bones can live. He says, oh, oh God, surely you know what... Whatever your will is is what, is, is what I know can happen here. And so he speaks to Ezekiel. He says, Ezekiel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, again, again remember, uh, uh, commands, instructions, listening to God, obeying God. Ezekiel, I want you to go, and I want you to begin to prophesy to the dry bones. Now, that word prophesy is a Hebrew word, nabah. And a very simple definition, it simply means to speak forth under divine inspiration, now, now, so you don't think that's like some weird, spooky, kind of, you know, mystical stuff. I'll give you an example. We just got back from youth camp, and I wasn't like in the spirit, in a trance, or taken to another place, but I was, I was just sitting in the back. Uh, again, I may, may or may not have hurt, hurt my toe, and so I'm sitting in the back because it, it, was, it was owie, and um, everyone's worshiping, and I'm like, I'm not about the jumping right now. You guys jump. I need to sleep and recover. And, and so everyone's worshiping and you got 400 kids or whatever is worshiping. And, and I'm just, 
I'm just sitting in the back, just, just praying, just sing, singing the songs, just being mindful of what God's doing. And I thought like the Lord speak to me. Hey, see that young man, go, go, go tell him this. And it wasn't some specific young man in 14 years. On May 23rd, God, it, it was just a, I just have this sense that I think this is what God is speaking over your life right now. Just in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Spirit, having my mind and my attention set on the things of the Spirit. This word prophesy simply means to be empowered and led by and full of the Holy Spirit. My mind are on the things of the Spirit. And as God begins to speak, I just begin to bring that forth. And so that's all that this, this Hebrew word means. I heard a pastor say this. He said, every single one of us, we should be the greatest prophetic voice of our own life. Here's what he was saying, that no one should be hearing from God about your life more than you are. No one should be hearing from God more about your life, and your circumstance, and your family. and your. No one should be hearing more than you're hearing. Listen, I, I love and, and, and I'm so encouraged and, and I'm, I'm so filled when people have a word for me or an encouraging word. But can I tell you, there's a part of me that goes, I receive it and it's confirmation, but I didn't need it because God was already speaking to me about that stuff. We are in worship this morning and I stole a page out of Jenny's journal. Hope she doesn't get mad. I ripped it out of her journal and I got a pen and I started because God began to speak to me something freshly this morning that, 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 that I think he's saying for me. No one should be hearing from God more than you're hearing from God for your life. And in the same way, you might not have the office of a prophet, but nobody should be with their words prophesying or bringing forth and declaring what God has spoken over your life more than you are. Why? Because your words matter. And Ezekiel is a great picture for us, for Ezekiel is in the spirit, led by, filled by, empowered by the spirit, my mindset on the spirit, and God begins to speak to him and show him something. Remember, we talked about that, how God gives dreams and God gives visions and pictures to show us what he wants to do. And God begins to show him this valley of dry bones. And he says, Ezekiel, prophesy. And here's what I want you to see. We won't go here for time's sake, but three different times, he doesn't say, Ezekiel, you go just say positive things about the bones. Bones, you're doing good. You're looking good. Yeah, we can, we, we, we can, he said, no, you go and, and you go to these dry bones and you say, thus says the Lord. Three times, God gives him specific instruction. No, don't just go speak positively. Don't just, well, I'm, I'm gonna do my best today to just have an encouraging attitude and affirming words. No, like, well, you should try to do that for sure. But like, that's not what we're talking about. He says, Ezekiel, you go to these dry bones and you bring forth my word and you say, thus says the Lord, dry bones. And what does the Bible say? As Ezekiel begins to, to speak, as he begins to prophesy, as he begins to say, thus says the Lord, bones start rattling. Bones start coming together. They start standing up. Flesh starts covering them. But there's no breath in them. I kind of like that because it reminds me that, that, that Jesus says we are to pray continually or pray earnestly. 
which means I might see what God has promised me come to pass in phases. I might see what God has promised me take, uh, 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 come, come to be in a, a progression. And the bones stand up, but there's no breath in me. He says, okay, Ezekiel, that's fine. You go prophesy and prophesy to the breath and say, thus says the Lord. Now, here, here, here's what I want you to see. All of this, it's not real necessarily. It's a vision, right? What, what have we been talking about? That God wants to give us dreams and visions and a word from him to help us to see what he wants to do. So God gives him this vision and says, all right, Ezekiel, you got that? I'm giving you this picture because here's, here's what's happening. My people, they right now are calling out to me, saying my hope is lost. Her bones are dry. We are cut off. See, contextually, this is happening while God's people, the children of Israel, they are in Babylonian captivity. Because, because of their breaking covenant with God and their sin, they're in captivity. They watched as Jerusalem, their city was absolutely ravaged. Interesting fact that Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they prophesy in overlapping times. So while Ezekiel's prophesying to the dry bones, over here, Jeremiah's prophesying things like this, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good, thoughts of a future and I hope you may be in captivity now, but I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of a future and a hope. And here, here's Ezekiel going, okay, like dry bones, like a valley of dry bones, your hope is lost and you're cut off. But thus saith the Lord, you're going to rise up again. And God's spirit is going to fill you. He's going to take you out of your graves and breathe life into you. He's going to bring you back into the land he promised. And you shall know that he is the Lord. See, our words have power. We have delegated authority from God. I don't know if you know this, but God is not just randomly doing things on the earth anymore. Do you know that? Like we, we, we were at camp and, and there was a thunderstorm and we're walking back the 17 miles that it took us to get back to our cabin. Beautiful camp. More condensed would be appreciated. It is so large. And we're walking the 30,000 miles, the, the, the drama, right? Just increasing. We're walking seven days to get back to, and, and it's raining. And one of our kids goes, oh, gee, gee golly, hope we don't get struck by lightning. And, um, and, and I thought, isn't that so funny? Because we kind of think about God like that sometimes. You know, God's just doing stuff. And I hope I can get in the right place at the right time so I can get struck by God's lightning and see a, but, but God's not just doing stuff like that. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Amos, Amos chapter three, I believe it is. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Have you ever wondered why in John 1.14, why it says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Have you ever wondered why it refers to Jesus as the word? Well, I'll tell you why. Because for, 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 for many years, God had been speaking to his servants, the prophets. By the way, God is speaking to you and I today. In, in, in the new covenant, God is speaking to all of us. God is speaking to every single one of us. And for, for years, God was speaking to his prophets. The Messiah will come. The king will come. 
I'm sending a savior. And for years, what did they do? They heard a word from God and used their words to bring forth the word, the will of God. See, God isn't just doing things on the earth anymore. I don't know, man. I'm just, you know, I've been going to church every single week. And I've just, I'm just, I'm hoping that maybe I get struck by God's lightning. And maybe it doesn't work like that. No, no, God, he's speaking to his people. He's speaking to his people. And, and, and since the book of Genesis, since the beginning, God has given us delegated authority. This is not a trick question and you don't have to answer it. Um, how, 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 how were the worlds created? Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we know that the worlds were created not by that which is visible, by that which is unseen. How did God create everything that we know? Not with Legos. He spoke. He spoke. Let there be light in there was light. And then God, he, he, he gave to you and I delegated authority. Who's, whose image were you created in again? His, his image. And the same way that God modeled and demonstrated, he spoke, let there be light. And light came. God has given to you and I his creation delegated authority and with that authority responsibility to hear God's voice say thus says the Lord by his stripes I'm healed oh I know this body feels like a valley of dry bones oh God I know my marriage feels like a valley of dry bones oh God I know this thing we're walking through it seems like it's a valley of dry bones. It's, it's, it is, it is, it's massive. It's, there's no hope there. But thus says the Lord, by his stripes I'm healed. With God there is abundant redemption. I, God, I, I know it seems like things are just stacking up and how are we ever going to get back on our feet? How are we ever going to get ahead? And, but, but God, you said that you can open the windows of heaven and pour upon me blessing that you can, you can redeem my life and according to your riches and glory you meet. So God, thus says the Lord over my finances. Thus says the Lord over my marriage. The, see, we gotta begin to get our words in alignment with God's word. And you can write this down, last thought this morning. And as we do, point number three, that, that our words, they begin to bring forth God's word. That our, our words in alignment, what does Ezekiel 37 say? That as Ezekiel began to prophesy, not before, as he began to say to the dry bones, thus says the Lord, rattling, coming together. See, we, we got to learn that our words have power. And we, we got to learn that while there may be some extremes over here that, that no, Jesus said in my Bible that if anybody would say to the mountain, you'd be removed and cast into the sea. With faith, with no, that that thing would move. Contextually, you, you do know when, when uh, Mark eleven twenty three 23, what was happening, Jesus walked by a fig tree. And he said, cursed are you, fig tree. No one ever eat fruit from you again. And he, he keeps walking. The next day they come back. And the fig tree is dried up from the roots. 
The Bible doesn't indicate that Jesus even looked back. His disciples go, whoa, 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 master, master, master. It worked. And Jesus, he goes, have faith in God. Most assuredly, I'm telling you, if anybody would say to the mountain, be removed, the words we speak hold power. We have been given delegated authority by God and thus we've been given responsibility. What does the Bible say? That the word of God is the sword of the spirit. That the word of God, it is the weapon of our warfare. And and yes, do we need to be obedient? Absolutely. Do do we need to have faith and believe in our heart? Absolutely. But do you know what, what else we need to begin to do? We need to begin to use our words, bring them into alignment with God's word and to begin to speak over our family and speak over our finances, and speak over the circumstance. Say to the mountain, be removed, and you tell the circumstance, you tell your life, you tell your body, I know what it is, but this is what God has said. And I serve a God who is more than able. I serve a God who can do anything. There is no limitation. No, my God is a miracle-working, wonder-working, all-powerful God, and he is with me. And if he said it, then my words will begin to say it. And as my words do, God, I'm believing. I'm going to start hearing, hear, hearing rattling. I'm going to start seeing these, these dry bones come together and live again. Why? Not because I can do it. Not because I got, got it figured out. Because that is what God has said. Your words matter. How, 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 do, how do I know? Well, the first thing we do is we go back to what the Bible says. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have one of these. Um, I just felt prompted as we were preparing for this morning just to make them available. Uh, these are God's promise books. And there's a table of contents with pretty much anything you can think about and, and, and then scriptures to, 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 to match it. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't have one, would you go to the, the information desk today, the next step desk, and, and would you get a, a God's promise book? Why? Because we need to start familiarizing ourselves, meditating and memorizing and getting in our heart This is what God has promised me. Oh, I have exceedingly great and precious promises from God. But I gotta know those promises. And I gotta know those promises to the point that they're in my heart and they start coming out of my mouth. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So God, I gotta start getting your promises. I think there's there's a, a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, we will give you this today. But go and get a God's promise book. Go and get your Bible and you start reading and you start praying and you start telling the mountain, whatever that is, and you start telling that mountain to move, not because your will or your, because God said so. And I, I, just, I feel bold enough this morning to say, I think we're gonna start hearing some rattling. I think you're gonna start hearing some rattling and seeing some, th- some things that you thought were dead and you thought it was, I, I think we're gonna start seeing life come, come back, not because we are somehow naming it and claiming it and be, just because we're going back to saying, all right, God, you're more than able. And so I'm gonna stir my faith back up that you can do the impossible. And I'm gonna go find what has God already promised me? What has God already said? And I'm gonna take that scripture. I'm gonna take that word and I'm gonna start speaking and declaring. But by the way, and we'll close with this, we are not talking about denying reality. Praise God, my toe is feeling much better. But a couple of days ago, I was hurting at camp. And I'm, I, I got like, like a you know, 90s gang, like gangster limp going on. And I'm, I'm barely making it. And you know what I didn't do? Every time someone went, Pastor, what's wrong with your toe? I didn't go, nothing, nothing. Nothing's wrong with it. I'm blessed and highly favored. No, this is, uh, this is uh, God, 
we're not denying reality. My, my, my dad, Pastor Gil, told me a story a long time ago when they were learning this stuff in Bible college, there was a guy in his class that he refused to call deadbolts deadbolts. Death and life from the power of the tongue, brother. And he only called them life bolts. That's stupid. Just, it's, it's a deadbolt. Just like that, that's dumb. That's what we're talking about. No, we, we can acknowledge reality. We can acknowledge. In Ezekiel 37, God didn't, he, he, he didn't hide or shy away from the reality it's a valley of dry bones. They're dead. There is no hope here. He, he didn't deny reality. No, we, 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 should, we should accept and we should, 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 should realize and we should be okay going, no, this is it's what it is, man. This is what I'm facing right now. But it's not over. This isn't the final chapter. This is, it's not over. No. Yet yeah, it is what it is, but God's word has said that there's hope and there's promises and there is a brighter future in front of me. Last thing I'll say, and then we're closing right here, Jeremiah 1.12. Felt this morning, the Lord just gave me this scripture for you. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Can I just say, I believe God is ready to perform his word. I, I don't think so much we are waiting on God. I think God is waiting on us. I think God is waiting on us to humble our heart, posture our heart, Say, God, I receive your word. And I'm going to begin to, as you said to Ezekiel, to prophesy and bring forth thus. God is ready to perform his word. Can I pray for you this morning? God, we're thanking you today for the Bible. And I'm thanking you today that God, as we have lifted our hearts and our hands in worship and opened the word of God, that God, you have been speaking and ministering to hearts and lives all morning. And we thank you today that you are helping us to see, not intellectually, but in our heart, that all our words matter. And I pray that there would be in our lives a newfound conviction of how we steward our words, how we use our words. And I pray that as we begin to take your, your word, take things we know you've spoken to us, and as we begin to get our words in alignment with your word, and we begin to say over our life, over our circumstance, over our family, our finances, thus says the Lord, I thank you that because you are ready to perform your word, that you will begin to move on our behalf, that we will begin to hear and see the bones rattling and coming together. And where, where, where we thought there, that it was over, I thank you that we'll begin to see new life come in Jesus name. And Lord, I pray today that you would seal in our hearts everything you've been speaking to us. As we leave here today, would, would the seed of your word not fall by the wayside, but would you seal it in our heart? And would we leave here today applying and giving ourselves to what you're saying to us? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.